that has increasingly been affecting the United States recently is gentrification. Gentrification, which is where lower income residents are displaced by higher income households, can have significant economic, cultural, racial, and political impacts on a city. As the city transitions from an area with lower quality housing and amenities to an area with features that are typical to a higher income neighborhood, such as brand new apartment complexes, parks, and a plethora of public services, the existing inhabitants of a particular neighborhood can lose their sense of place. In many cases, those inhabitants can also be forced to migrate away from the neighborhood altogether. According to an August 2015 review by researchers at UC Berkeley and UCLA, this forced migration is caused most often by eviction and increased rent. Gentrification is an issue that is prevalent worldwide, but it is primarily seen in cities as opposed to rural areas. Gentrification affects people of all social classes in varying ways, some of which are positive and some of which are negative. Gentrification affects higher income residents in positive ways because it allows them to live closer to their workplace and it modernizes their neighborhoods. However, gentrification affects lower income residents in more negative ways. Although gentrification is generally considered a worldwide issue, it is particularly an issue in the United States. Many U.S. cities have high levels of gentrification. In the U.S., gentrification tends to describe the changes in declining areas where there are poor living conditions, poverty, and segregation of people of color. However, recently, gentrification has been used more to cover any neighborhood that is becoming less affordable to residents. In U.S. metropolitan areas, poor people are being pushed outwards, while people who can afford to live close to central business districts move inwards. What is commonly debated is whether or not reurbanization is considered to be gentrification because it technically does not directly displace existing residents. Many argue that reurbanization should be viewed as a positive advancement rather than as a form of gentrification. According to the U.S. Census, cities where more than 25% of the population of analyzed neighborhoods experience gentrification are Portland, Washington, Minneapolis, Seattle, Atlanta, Virginia Beach, Denver, Austin, Sacramento, New York, Oakland, Philadelphia, Albuquerque, and San Diego. The highest percentage in Portland, Oregon, with 58.1% of neighborhoods gentrified, the second highest percentage in Washington, D.C., with 51.9%, and the third highest percentage in Minneapolis, Maryland, with 50.6%. All of the other cities' percentages follow closely behind. D.C. is found to have the highest intensity of the gentrification of any U.S. city, says a study released by the National Community Reinvestment Coalition. This title was given to Washington, D.C. after the district noticed that about 40% of the lower-income neighborhoods were gentrified between 2000 and 2013. More than 20,000 African Americans were displaced by affluent white newcomers. Washington is now third behind New York and Las Vegas for the highest number of neighborhoods that have transformed. You feel it, you see it, said Jessa Von Toll, chief executive of NCRC, a research and advocacy coalition that promotes economic and racial justice. 
Von Toll has also strived to make it clear that gentrification can benefit areas because it signals economic investment. However, it's when longtime residents are pushed out as rent and property taxes rise that result in problems. This results in people in the community not benefiting from the improvements. The trend seen in DC is that higher income citizens move closer to the central business district and push out longtime residents. This puts lower income residents in a position where they have nowhere to go, and transportation into the city is something they can't afford. So what do we do when people can't afford to stay in DC and also can't live elsewhere because of transportation costs? Neighborhoods have to have mixed incomes where lower and upper class residents can still reside in DC. That is why solutions have to be implemented, citizens have to vote for new laws, and economic incentives should be given to longtime residents. In 2013, Illinois Wesleyan University released a case study, Displacement in D.C., a case study of gentrification and Granger casualty in our nation's capital, that went over why suburbanites chose to move to the urban areas of the nation's capital. It discussed how, at the beginning of this process, higher-income suburbanites are living outside of the city where there is less crime but higher commuting times, while low-income citizens live in the city where there is more crime but lower commuting times. Gentrification then started when the crime rate in the low-income neighborhoods went down. The suburbanites then chose to move to these inner-city neighborhoods due to both the low housing prices and short commuting times without losing their sense of safety. This leads to an increase in housing prices and services in those areas. Many say that this leads to the displacement of those who previously lived in these neighborhoods. Gentrification in D.C. has also affected surrounding areas such as Arlington, Virginia, and Baltimore, Maryland. We interviewed two individuals who have dealt with gentrification in the DMV area. Luke Lopez originally resided in Arlington, Virginia until 2011 when he had to move to Alexandria, Virginia, while Helen Jaffe lived in Old Town, Alexandria until 2005 when she had to move more inland. We asked them what was the first sign of gentrification. The very first sign that I noticed was actually a sign that said a building was coming here soon. And this building wasn't just a, a little building. It was actually taller than the 18-story building that I was currently living in. The first sign was the tearing down of the Bergs. And, and then you began to see the businesses change and a lot of the bigger corporations come in and, and the, some of the small businesses be pushed out. Not very many monetary attempts have been made to address the issue of gentrification so far. In fact, some laws being put in place are pro-gentrification, such as a 2012 Louisiana law that stated that new businesses within New Orleans were able to operate tax-free but not older businesses. Ultimately, the issue of gentrification isn't necessarily the type of issue that can be permanently fixed, but small, effective changes can be implemented. For example, in the suburban areas of DC, there can be more implementation of public transportation or carpool applications. This would lead to fewer cars on the road, thus resulting in a decrease in the time it takes to arrive at destinations. These implementations would affect gentrification because it is shown that one major reason suburbanites move to urban areas is for shorter commuting times. There should also be more incentives for older businesses. Some of these incentives could include older businesses being able to run tax-free or with fewer taxes than before. 
An example of a business wanting to seek tax incentives is Sankofa, which is located near Howard University. According to a WUSA 9 article released on May 26, 2019, the cafe has been forced to pay $30,000 in taxes due to the gentrification issue in that neighborhood. This has caused them to propose a bill to the D.C. Council, which will be titled My Defa Film DBA Sankofa Video and Books Real Property Tax Exemption Act of 2018. That is planned to allow the business tax exemption from October 1st, 2019 to September 30th, 2029. Residents in Washington, D.C. are also greatly affected by gentrification. Mixed income neighborhoods can help slow down or even stop the effects of gentrification. People with lower incomes can help keep housing prices lower, while people with higher incomes can be able to afford needed resources in the said neighborhood. Residents in D.C. can also join anti-gentrification organizations and or marches. An example of an organization like this is One D.C., whose mission statement is to exercise political strength to create and preserve racial and economic equality in Shaw and the district. This organization provides newsletters and information on gentrification in D.C., and marches coming up. I also asked Luke Lopez and Helen Jaffe about their opinions on solutions to gentrification. I think that um, we need to go ahead and have uh, greater diversity in our communities. What they've done within the Bergs is they've, the city has mandated that they still protect a lot of the low income housing that exists within that area. One well-known example of gentrification rests in Shaw neighborhood, Washington, D.C., where Shaw recently was remade for young urbanites. Go-Go music is unique and part of the culture in the Shaw neighborhood, and for this particular example, especially where the Metro PS store is located. Shaw neighborhood was once surrounded by boarded homes, fast food joints, and Howard University, but now Metro PCS sits between luxury condos, hipster cafes, and concert interview. Mention Kenya Evelyn in her news article, How Gentrification Brings Overpolicing for D.C. Black Residents. This is all due to gentrification. For 25 years, Metro CPCS has kept up the tradition of playing go-go music. However, recently, they have been struggling to keep playing go-go music as noise complaints keep piling in from new condo residents, threatening to shut down the store. It started with condo residents writing letters to the owner, then noise complaints to police, says Natalie Hopkinson, a Howard University professor and advocate for the store owner, Donald Campbell. When they did not get their way, the residents threatened to sue. Executives from T-Mobile, Metro's parent company, told Campbell that the music cannot be played anymore. DC natives then protested against gentrification and over 50,000 people signed a petition to resume go-go music. T-Mobile CEO John Legree eventually announced that Google Music was allowed to resume. This example shows how gentrification causes conflicts to arise between low-income long-time residents and high-income new residents and has, been, has to be resolved.
Although Washington, D.C. was our case study, and the issue of gentrification is particularly relevant there, the truth is that gentrification affects thousands of cities around the globe. No single solution is a foolproof solution that can resolve the issue for all cities worldwide. However, it is still important to make an effort to implement those partial solutions because those solutions can cause real change for real people. What's most important is to stay conscious as a society of gentrification and to advocate for solutions in local areas where one can be more aware of how to help. Regardless of your situation, you can always make a difference by speaking out and helping those around you that are being affected negatively by gentrification.